0: Thursday's Thanksgiving. Over this week and last week and culminating on Thursday, you get the obligatory what are you thankful for this year? I remember sitting all those years around. We always had two or three tables at my family's Thanksgiving. You know, you had the, the grown up table with the nice stuff and then the kids table out in the like the hallway with, with protective stuff on the floor and it was always awkward as you got older because your knees were banging into the top of the kids' table and you always wanted to go to the grown-up table, but then the grown-up table got to be the really like not-so-much-fun table. Really awkward. And someone would always shout out at some point, Hey, let's talk about what we're thankful for. And You go around and you get the, uh, the to-be-expected thankful stuff. Well, I'm thankful for family and friends and, and that everybody could be here this year. You know, I'm thankful for my job or I'm thankful for who knows what fill in the blank. Well, I wasn't a Christian at the time, and nobody at that table was a Christian. Now I get together on occasion with Christian families of of relation on other side, and you have the obligatory go around the table. There's still that darn kid's table, um, which I show up at somehow, but you go around, and what are you thankful for? And I hear something not so different. I'm thankful for everyone who's here, and my job, and my friends, and my kids, and the house, and it's appropriate to give thanks for that stuff, but ultimately, shouldn't there be a difference between what a Christian is thankful for and what a non-Christian is thankful for? Or maybe there shouldn't. I don't know. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. So instead of preparing a sermon, I just throw a question out there. You guys talk amongst yourself, and I'll come back at the end and let me know what I'm supposed to do on Thursday. Good deal? Let's pray. Not really. Since I'm going to be doing one verse over four weeks, today we're going to do 72 chapters. We're going to go from Genesis 12 to Exodus 34. I can read these in about three minutes a chapter, so we should be out of here by about 10 p.m. So I encourage you, if you need to use a restroom, just go ahead and go. Maybe someone bring up some coffee and treats to keep us awake, and we'll see how it goes. You guys ready? Well, actually, let's not do it word for word. Let's take off to 30,000 feet. We're going to cover 72 chapters. From a 30,000 foot level. I'm not going to drill into the details, but I'm going to tell you about a Thanksgiving I had. So this one Thanksgiving, I thought I'd invite three people over to, to, to join my family for Thanksgiving. And it was strange how they showed up. They didn't show up at the same time. They, they gapped. So we got the table ready. We didn't need a kid's table. Everybody could fit at the, the one main table. First person shows up. So dog barks like crazy. We quiet him down. We we open the door and there's this really old man just standing at the door. And hey, how are you doing? I I know who it is. You don't know who it is yet, because this is my story. So he comes walking in, he's all by himself this year, sits down, and I said, Abe, how are you today, Abe? What are you thankful for this year? And Abe sits back has a little dust on him. I don't know where he picked up all the dust. And he says in his, in his, uh, I'm not going to imitate his voice. It'll come out Irish or something. You never know It's going to, Abraham wasn't an Irish. And he says, well, let me tell you a bit about what I've been going through. You see, it all started way back in the day. I used to live in uh, this country called Ur of the Chaldeans. And a strange thing happened to me. God said, uh, Abram, go from your country to the land that, that I'll show you, and I thought, well, where are we going? And he said, just go. I'll show you. So I went. And I'm walking, having no idea where I'm going, and it was a little freaky, because I had a great setup in Ur. And then this famine struck. And during the famine, we couldn't eat. So we had to go to Egypt, and it wasn't really where I was looking to heading, Head. And then we had this little problem with my wife. She's a pretty gal. Sorry she couldn't be here tonight, but she's a pretty gal. And I was concerned that Pharaoh might try to take her for his wife and, and kill me to get me out of the way. So we came up with this cool agreement that she would be my sister. Well, see, technically she is my sister, but, but it was a protective thing because I didn't want to get killed while we were in Egypt for a period of time during a famine. And, well, it didn't go so well. I lived. We stayed married. He didn't take her, but it was a little rough, close call. So then we left, and I had a little problem with my nephew. You see, our shepherds started fighting with each other, and it was rough, and we had to separate ways. And then that stinking nephew got captured, and I had to go and rescue this guy. And, and then God promised me a son. How cool. I'm an old man with no son, and, and God's talking about all my descendants, and blah, 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 and there's no son. And he says, Abram, you'll have a son. And I said, great. And then it didn't happen for a while, and then I got into this issue with Hagar, and had a son, but it was a wrong son. But let's not talk about that. It's Thanksgiving. And then 15 years later, at least, I don't remember exactly how long, time's weird in the desert, but about 15 years later, finally, we had a son. And then, would you believe what happened this year? What, Abram? What happened? Was Abraham now, remember my name? I'm sorry, Abraham, what happened? He said, God told me to take that kid and sacrifice him, kill him, my own son. This kid, he promised me I had to wait 15 years, told me to kill him. So, is your question, what am I thankful for? And I'm sitting there going uh uh-huh. And he smiled. He said, oh, I'm a thankful man. Do you want to hear why? I said, yeah, with all that junk, what the heck could you possibly be thankful for? Everything goes crazy. The second guest just showed up. It's a crazy Thanksgiving. The timing is perfect. So we opened the door, and this guy, beautiful, long, white hair. I recognize him from some, like, statues that Michelangelo did way back in the day. It's my man Mo. Mo's been over before, but he's come this year for Thanksgiving, and Mo, come on in. So Moses, you might know him better by Moses if you're not as close to him as I am. He comes walking in. Again, he's got that sandy dust all about him. I don't know what's going on, but we give him a seat. We get him a drink. You know, he, he offered to get water out of a rock out front, but that kind of went bad. He was going to tell us about it later, so we got him a cup of water. I said, Moses, how are you doing? Good, good. I said, what are you thankful for this year? He says, what am I thankful for? Well, let me tell you my story, if you don't mind, John. I said, well, I don't mind. I, I need this for my sermon, so go on, please. He said, it started for me when I was a wee little tot. You see, I don't remember it so well, but there was this freakish thing. I got to see a counselor about this. I was in this dark basket, bobbing in the water in the reeds, and all of a sudden, this strange lady took me out, and my sister showed up, and I was crying, and I was hungry, and then they got my mom, and I thought it was okay. But then when I got to be about three or four, my mom gave me away to to this beautiful lady who lived in a palace, but I never really felt at home. It was such an awkward childhood. I was just never accepted in this family. I had all this great stuff and great schooling, but I just never felt like it's where I belonged. Moses, that must have been rough. Oh, you have no idea, he says. So then one day when I was older, an adult, I saw this, this, this Egyptian beating on one of my people, one of the Israelites, and I went out and rescued the Israelite, and I beat down that man and killed him, and I was like, oh my gosh, what have I done? And they were going to get me, so I had to run away to the wilderness. What would you do in the wilderness, Moses? Oh man, 40 stinking years. He looks over to Abraham. Abraham He says, You think 15 is bad? Listen to this. 40 years I'm in the desert tending my father-in-law's stinking livestock. Me, Moses, brought up in the palace. You know, Moses, my name Moses means drawn out because I was drawn out of the water. I mean, I'm a big-time dude. 40 years tending wildlife in the desert. It stinks, literally, and figuratively. But it was a couple good things. You know, I had a couple kids, got married. But it's still 40 years in the desert. And then finally, one day God says, Moses... Go set my people free. And I said, Abba, 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 because I was freaking out here. I'm not a man quick-a-lip and stuff. But God told me to go, so I'm shaking the whole way. What am I thankful for? Let me finish here. This is rough. And I go all the way back to Egypt, and I said, Pharaoh, God says, let my people go. And Pharaoh looked at me like I was a fool. And the worst part, folks, was... My people hated me, because then they had to make more bricks, they were getting beaten up, so Pharaoh's people hate me, the Israelites hate me, nobody likes me, everybody hates me, think I'm going to eat some worms. You know that song? I wrote it way back in the day. So then finally, finally, I get the people out, God does these crazy plagues through me, we get them out, and then we go up to the water, people are crying, we're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die, the water's part, which is awesome, until you realize what happened in the desert. 40 stinking years in the desert. I thought camel tendon was rough. 40 years in the desert. And you want to know the Capper? I didn't even get into the promised land. I had one bad day with hitting and yelling at a rock. And I didn't get into the promised land. I said, Moses, were you a thankful person for anything? And, and he did the same thing Abraham did. He sat back and he smiled. I said, so what are you possibly thankful for? And he says, Let ah, oh, the door one more time. I forgot we had a third guest. Red <laughs> dog barks. Put the dog away. Open the door. Joey shows up. Joey, you know him better as Joseph. So we got Big A, Mo, and Joey show up for Thanksgiving this year. Joseph, how are you? I'm fine. You're looking good. Thanks. You're looking good too. He says. So he comes in. He says to Abraham, "How are you doing? I'm good, Joe. How are you? Big Mo, what's up, Joe?" So he sits there. Everybody's back around the table. And I said, Joseph, we're going around the table. I'm going to go last, but why don't you tell us? What you're thankful for?" He says, okay. So it all started for me back in the day. I I, I was a a little guy with big problems. See, my dad loved me a little too much, and my brothers hated me a little too much, too, and it's awkward tension about being your daddy's favorite kid. And I had a big mouth, and I was a dreamer, and I shared some things that kind of didn't go over so well with my brothers and my dad about these dreams I had with the moon and the stars, and it didn't go so well. So one day I was out with my brothers, and. You may think you have problems with your siblings. Mine were going to kill me. Luckily, one of them was nice, so they just sold me into slavery. It was awesome. And then, I went to this guy's house called Potiphar. It was going good. I mean, I worked my way up. I got in charge of all this stuff. I was head of the household. And then his stinking wife falsely accused me of doing some stuff that I did not do. And you know what God did? Let me go to prison. And I'm sitting, wallowing away in prison. And these two guys have dreams I interpret. I tell them, don't forget about me. And they get out. One of them gets out. The other died. But they get out. And you know what he did? He forgot all about me. So what happened to me? My brothers hated me. My daddy loved me too much. I got sold into slavery. I was falsely accused of some problems. Put me in prison. I got forgotten about in prison and left to rot. So what am I thankful for? I said, yeah, what are you thankful for, Joseph? And he too sat back and smiled and he was about to tell me, he said, well, why don't you start? Why don't you tell the three of us what you're thankful for? And I said, well, I'm, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for a wife and three healthy kids. I'm thankful for a house. I'm thankful for a church. I'm thankful for the ability to, to buy food and, and go to the doctor. I'm thankful I, I have it so much better than, than some of the other people out there, not just in our country, but in our world. I'm I'm thankful for a whole bunch of stuff, guys. What do you mean? And they're all sitting there with the same crooked head expression, looking at me with a smile. So Abraham speaks up first. He says, John, it's not wrong to be thankful for that stuff. That's good stuff. It's wonderful stuff. And and you should be thankful for it. But you know, your house can burn down. Something can happen to your family. You could lose all your money. What then? What if it all goes away? What if you become that guy who you have it so much better than? You remember the Ichabod midweek thought? What What if you become Ichabod? I'll recap to Ichabod real quickly in case somebody didn't read it. It's a midweek thought from this week of this guy I met. This is me living in fantasy land, apparently, between the sermon and the story. You know that guy we all say, I have it better, so much better than all these other people. Well, I, I, I met this guy, blind, deaf, mute. He uh, summers in the desert, and he winters in the Arctic, and he wears ripped up raggedy pieces of clothes. He has no friends, family, money, nothing, except a torn garment that he wears. And And I wanted to find him because I wanted to ask the person that everybody has it better than in the whole wide world what he's thankful for on Thanksgiving. I'll finish that story in a minute at the end of the sermon. But that was Ichabod, the guy who everybody has it so much better than. And Abraham pointed out, John, you could be Ichabod. If you go with circumstantial Thanksgiving... It's fleeting. That's the wrong place to to put your hope and your joy and your thanks. If you go with comparative thanksgiving, that's the wrong place to put your joy and your hope and your thanks. Now, I'm not saying, Abraham says to me, I'm not saying that you shouldn't give thanks to God for that stuff. Every good and perfect thing is from God above. I mean, these three, they knew their Bible verses inside out. They a little little struggle on the New Testament stuff, but the Old Testament they were strong with. So, he's telling me that, that you need to thank God for the stuff you have. But be careful, because that's ultimately not what you should be truly thankful for. And That's a little bit of the difference between the Christian and the non-Christian's thanksgiving. Moses spoke up. He said, Abraham's right, John. It's, you should be thankful. I'm thankful for stuff I have, too. I, I got this cool staff that I get to carry around with me, and this robe, and these sandals, and, and I have kids, and, and all this great stuff, and I'm thankful to God for it. But, but ultimately, it, it's not the, the stuff, it's, it's something else. And, Joseph starts to smile, and he says, oh, you guys are right with me, it's that big word, isn't it? And they said, it is. I said, what big word? Joseph said, it's called sovereignty. I said, tell me about this, Joseph. What, what, What do you mean by that? He said, it's called sovereignty. It's called the sovereignty of God. It's called that if we truly want to be thankful, we need to understand what sovereignty means and how it applies to our lives. So Joseph pulled out a little whiteboard, and on the whiteboard he wrote the word sovereignty, and he actually spelled it right. I don't know if you ever tried to spell it, but Joseph could spell it right. And he says, sovereignty, guys, it means three things, right? We all know what it is. First thing is God is all-knowing. That means everything. God knows completely. And then Moses says, Ah, oh, that's right, and also God is all-powerful. He can do anything he wants at any time in any way. Abraham says, true. Don't forget the last part. God is absolutely free. He's not subject to anything. Nothing can prevent him from doing whatever he wants. Joseph says, you're right, guys. All-knowing, all-powerful, absolutely free is God. So Joseph says to me, remember when I rode in the the caravan to be sold into slavery? I'm not going to lie to you. At the time, I wasn't like whistling songs in my head with a big smile on my face going, praise our sovereign Lord. But but deep down, I had this premonition of this verse that you you see in Romans 8.28 that's fulfilled through Christ. It said, God uses all things for the good of those who love him. And I knew that if God sovereignly allowed me to get put in that caravan, to be sold into slavery, he had some idea what was going on. I knew he loved me, and I knew he wasn't going to leave me nor forsake me. So that's what got me through. And then when it went bad with Potiphar's wife, I knew that I was in the good. Even though the whole world called me a liar, I knew that I was in the good. And I trusted that the sovereign Lord of all creation would never have let any of that happen if it wasn't in his perfect will. And as I wallowed in prison all those years, I knew that God had his eye upon me. And you know how it ended out? I said, I think I do, Joseph, but will you tell me the story? He says, all right. So it ended up a famine came to the land. And I was in a position of being the prime minister, the most powerful man in the land, right behind the king himself. And I was able to care for all of these people, including God's chosen people, the Israelites, so that they didn't starve. God had prepared me and placed me perfectly. And as I look back at the whole story, I realize God knew exactly what He was doing. So what am I thankful for this Thanksgiving? Oh, there's some stuff. See, I'm a rich man now. i got a cool house and a nice position back in the, back in the home country. But most importantly, what am I thankful for? That I know the only God, who is sovereignly in control of all things, and that God knows me, and through His Son, Jesus Christ, calls me friend. So I looked over at Moses. I said, what about you, Moses? He says, same thing. You see, I didn't understand it all. I bickered a little bit. You, you could read about me in the wilderness. I did whack that rock the wrong way. I had my moments out there. But there was a part of me that knew, because see, I experienced the reality like Joseph did of, of God. Joseph got these dreams interpreted from God. I got to meet with him in the tent of meeting. I spent time with him. I heard him. I went up the mountain. I got the tablets from God. I mean, we, we, were, we were interacting. He was real to me. Didn't mean I didn't get frustrated, but I understood that he was in control of everything. See, when you see the water get pushed back on the walls, you don't freak out so much about what you're going to eat. You know if a guy can push the water back, if a guy can throw down the ten plagues, if a guy can raise a dead man back to life. I said, you know about Jesus? He's like, of course I do. You remember the transfiguration? I was there with my buddy Elijah. Sorry he couldn't make it this year for Thanksgiving. He said, I knew who God was. And after it all played out, I look back, i got some good stuff going on. And I'm thankful for the stuff I have, but ultimately I'm thankful for the fact that as I look back, it's validated that God is sovereign. God knew what he was doing, taking a guy with bad speech out of the wilderness to set his people free. You guys think I'm a pretty big, powerful dude. I'm little old Moe, scared old kitty cat. But God built me into a mighty man of, of, of his service. And then I look over at Abraham and, and he says, that's it. That's what it's all about. For me, the moment came when, when I took Isaac up the hill. Mount Moriah. God said sacrifice him. And it's like, God, you're rocking me left and right. I'm just waiting for the final blow to kill me. It doesn't make sense. We're leaving home. We're in a famine. i got to lie about my wife. I pass this on to my son. Isaac did the same thing down the road. I got all these issues, I got the Hagar situation, I got a crazy nephew, and now you want me to kill my son. I didn't have it all under control, but but I knew that you did, and I walked up, and I went to kill him, and you stopped me and provided a ram in a thicket. And when I saw that, I looked back, and what am I thankful for? I'm thankful for my son, and my grandkids, and my great-grandkids, and God using me as as the the father of the Israelites. I'm thankful for the fact that that I know God. I'm thankful for the the bountiful possessions that God has entrusted to me. But what am I truly thankful for this Thanksgiving? That God is truly sovereign. And then they all sat there and looked at me, and now I'm going to sit up here and look at you. When a non-Christian sits down for Thanksgiving, ultimately the only thing they can be thankful for is their stuff. And sometimes you got to go with the circumstantial. Sometimes life is peaches and cream. Sometimes you got a promotion, you got a bonus, you got new kids coming in, you got everything going perfectly. You know, everyone smiles and giggles and healthy and happy, and there's no awkward family moments at the Thanksgiving table. Give thanks to God for those moments. But sometimes, dirty little secret that we don't want to let other people know is life's not always peaches and creams, is it? Sometimes you're sitting there and you'll tell people the stuff you're thankful for, but deep down underneath you've got all these concerns tearing you apart. You've you, you got the, the worries about people, the worries about possessions, the worry about the future, all this stuff just starts to tear you apart. And you know you're supposed to give thanks in all circumstances. Isn't that what God says in his word? Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And you're going, how the heck do we do that? Well, let's get serious for a moment. Thanksgiving is on Thursday. We all got some good stuff, right? Anybody here slept outside last night? That's pretty cool. You got a bed, you got a house, you got running water, heat, got a toilet. That's a good starting point. Nobody had to walk to church today, right? We all got cars. We, we can all pull lots of, the, lots of stuff. And you should say, God, thank you for this wonderful stuff. It's stuff, but thank you for this stuff you've entrusted to me, you've blessed me with, you've allowed me to enjoy. But let's not neglect the tough parts. Let's not neglect the times that, that Joseph went to prison or Moses wandered in the wilderness. So Abraham didn't know what was going on because the reality is we walk in those situations too, don't we? When life's not peaches and cream, when life is peaches and cream, what do we have to be thankful for? The fact that we live a thankful lifestyle because we know the God who is and who is sovereignly in control over all things. Now. When you understand the reality of that, that's a game changer. That means no matter what's going on in your life, you can sit there with a smile on your face. Not because you're necessarily going to like it in the moment. Abraham, we know the story, don't we? Start in Genesis 12 if you don't. Joseph, we know the story. Keep reading from there if you don't. Moses, we know all these stories from start to finish. You know how mine plays out? 92, I die on vacation, right? I don't know that. I don't know how my story plays out. And you want to know something? I don't want to know how it plays out, because I have a feeling I would freak out. If I had to read the story of my life and then live it out, I think I would just die instantly. I'd go into a catatonic state and freak out, unless I got to write it. But I don't. Do you know how yours plays out? You know, you know how many days you got left? You know the number of your days? You know what's going to happen to all the people you know and care about, all the stuff you have, all the, all the things that concern you? You've got no idea. But you know who knows a number of your days. You know who wrote them down. You know who knows everything that's going to happen in your life. You know who knows who is completely in control of all that stuff. The same guy with Abraham, with Moses, and with Joseph. Same guy with us. So this Thanksgiving, when you, when you sit around the table, if given the opportunity, you want another awkward moment? You've got your five cards. I'll put one more on top of it for you. If people go around the table, what are you thankful for this year? Listen what they say. It's gonna be a lot of talk about stuff. As Christians, give thanks to God for the stuff. Enjoy the stuff. Every good and perfect thing is from God above. We talked about this last night. Enjoy the stuff. God delights in our in our happiness. But when it comes to your turn, you've heard about all the stuff people are thankful for. You wanna you wanna take an awkward moment? I tell them what you could tell them. What am I thankful for? Sit back. Just like these three guys came to my house did. You say something like this. Well, you see, not too long ago, I thought I had it all in control. I thought I was master of my own destiny. I thought that that I could take care of it all. And then something happened. You see, I had this deep down realization that came to the surface that that God and I weren't quite right. That, that there was just something that 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 separated me from Him, and God revealed to me the fact that it's called sin. And I realized that, that I had nothing I could do to be right with God. But God sent His Son to come down and die on a cross after living a perfect life for us, so that we could be reconciled to God. And this is the point where they go, what do you mean? And then you hand them the card, take a six card for Thanksgiving. You say, come and join us at church over the next four weeks, you'll see. And as we understand that, we see what our our destiny was apart from Christ. An eternity of separation from Him. But God loved us so much that He bridged that gap to offer us eternal life. So I'm reconciled to God. God is my friend. You might think it's arrogant, but I can tell you this. God tells me to call Him Abba, Father, and Jesus calls me friend. I know God, and God knows me. I actually can hear God's Word. He tells me what to do. He lives inside of me. Now they start to look at you crazy. And you say to Him, what am I thankful for? The fact that that I am a child of God. And that my daddy is the strongest daddy in the whole world. He is sovereignly in control of everything. And I don't know what's going on. I can't explain it all. But I have a hope that I want you to have. I have a joy that I want you to have. I have a certainty that I want you to have. And it's available to you too. And as they all look at you crazy, realize that God is sovereignly in control of everything. Even the crazy folk who think we're crazy. And maybe... On this Thanksgiving, in addition to the stuff God gives to you which we could be thankful for, more importantly, the sovereign, sovereignty of His nature which we should truly base our thankfulness on, maybe we have one more thing we could be thankful for. Maybe we could be thankful for the fact that God uses us to open the eyes of someone who's right now separated from Him so that they could tell the same Thanksgiving story down the road. You see, Abraham and Isaac and, and Joseph... Didn't really come to my house for Thanksgiving. I don't know if you knew that or not. But see, I get to go to people's houses, and I get to share the stories, I should share the stories, with my friends and family who invite me, that Abraham and Moses and Joseph would share. Do I share them with the confidence of those three? I don't, because, see, my story hasn't finished, but when it finishes, I don't get to come back and have Thanksgiving dinner with friends and relatives. But I know how it ultimately ends, don't I? Don't you? What's the difference? It rests in the fact that you and I are children of a Most High God, the only God who is sovereignly in control of all things. So, Thanksgiving. What's it all about? It's about the three strange guys that showed up to my house, who gave me a bit of perspective, who then told me and reminded me, Jesus says, go out and make disciples of all nations. I said, well, how am I supposed to do that? They said, one step of obedience at a time. Don't worry about how it all plays out. Make the most of every opportunity and see what God does through it. It's kind of where I came up with the idea of, of these cards here. It's kind of how I'm going to try to approach Thanksgiving this year as I interact with family and friends. And I hope that next Thanksgiving, there are going to be some other people telling this cool story wherever they end up. And the one after, maybe some more. See, it all started with 12 guys and one who went kind of bad, didn't it? I think we got more than 12 out there, plus we got a few on vacation. What if, just what if, we started living like we completely and fully believe the truth that you and I worship a sovereign God? Let's pray. Father, I just, I thank you that not only do you call us to be a a thankful people, that more so as we more fully understand who you are and who we are, we truly can't do anything but be a thankful people. God, I pray over this Thanksgiving week and even over this Christmas season you would open our eyes more fully uh, to the reality of, of what is. Of who we were apart from Christ and who we are through Christ. And more so, who you are, God. Help us understand the unfathomable, unfathomable greatness of The one who made all the stars in the heavens. The one who made all the things that we see around us. The trees, the water, the animals. You who made all that care about us. You love us. You have your eye upon us. And you promise to use all things for the good of those who love you. God, that's just crazy. You, You not only do you say you will, but you're fully able to. And help us as we look at the circumstances of our life when we see the peaches and cream stuff to just fall down before you and say, God, thank you so much. I don't know why you would bless me so, but I just thank you that you do. As we sit back in our comfortable homes in front of fireplaces with couches and enjoy company of others, God, I just I pray that we would all thank you for that wonderful stuff. But in those quiet moments of, of doubt and uncertainty when life isn't all peaches and cream, I pray we would just as fully and completely rejoice not in the circumstance but in the one who is sovereignly in control of the circumstance knowing that you will work things out perfectly, that it's not our job to to give you counsel or advice on what you should do but rather follow and trust you and rejoice in the fact that you invite us to join you in your work you empower us through the Holy Spirit who lives in us God I just pray this Thanksgiving that you would do a mighty work through us as we go out on our missionary journeys to the tables of family and friends, or maybe even as we eat at home by ourselves. I pray that we would glorify You. I pray that we would thank You for the food, that we would thank You for the people. But more importantly, thank You for the fact that You made all, You sustain all, and You sent Your Son to die to redeem all who will believe. I pray that You would give us those beautiful feet to go ahead and proclaim the wonderful truth of Your Son, in whose name we pray. Amen.